when you begin to behave the way that the future self would behave, the person that you want to become, you begin to prove to yourself you are that person. Welcome to the High Performance Health Podcast with your host, Angela Foster. The show where we talk about everything you need to break through limits and achieve a high performance mind, body and lifestyle. Hi friends, can you believe we're into the second week of September? This year just seems to be flashing by and summer went so quickly and now the children are back at school, which for me and those of you listening as parents brings a whole new world of busyness that I actually haven't had properly for the last year or so with successive lockdowns and quarantines. But now we are fully back to the sports matches, the netball runs, the swim runs, the hockey runs, um, the school runs and everything else in between while running my coaching practice. So it is hugely busy. But this is a time of year for many people where we make that final push for the final quarter of the year so that we can see the year out on a high and really celebrate and enjoy the success and the fruits of our efforts. And it's also a time when after the summer, many people are looking to create one form of change or another. It might be even that you've put on a bit of weight over the lockdowns and quarantines in the summer, and now you want to lose it. But whatever it is that you're trying to succeed in and gain a new result in, then you're going to get so much value from this episode because I'm excited to welcome back Colin Hiles, who has been on the podcast previously. Now, Colin is an expert in improving leadership capability, developing high performance teams and mindset change. Colin specializes in helping his clients gain alignment and commitment between an organization and its people. And as an experienced executive coach and specialist in the psychology of change, Colin supports senior executives across all industries in the public and private sectors to achieve a change in mindset at the individual and organizational level. And over the last 23 years, Colin has coached hundreds of thousands of individuals globally on peak performance technologies, on how to get the best out of themselves and on gaining mental toughness and he's an absolute expert in behavior change. Now this episode actually is a follow-on from an episode that Colin and I recorded um, together earlier in the year. That's episode 83 if you want to go back and listen to that one as well. But in this episode we're going to be talking about why discipline and willpower are not enough to really institute that level of change that you might be looking for. And so we talk about how to create behavior change. We talk about our beliefs and how they shape our identity and also so our results. Um, we talk about why beliefs are evidence-based and that can make it really difficult when you're trying to make a change because if you haven't really seen yourself have this success before, it can be difficult to believe in yourself that you can actually do it. And so what we dive into is how you can start to create that evidence for yourself and actually step into that future self and prove to yourself that you are that person. Um, we also talk about Colin's three M's of getting into state for high performance that he practices every day. We talk about why recharging is so important and we really dive into the importance of your environment. So it's a jam-packed episode and I'm absolutely thrilled to um, sit down with Colin again. It's always so much fun when I have him on the show. So without further delay, let me introduce you now to my wonderful, friend and mentor, Colin Hiles. 
So, Colin, it's great to have you back on the show, co-hosting again on this episode. Um, So welcome. And on on the last episode, we kind of left people on a little bit of a cliffhanger, showing them how to, well, how how to take inspired action. But then we sort of started to touch on discipline Mm -hmm. and left it that we would talk about that today, because it is, as you rightly said, a massive area in its own right. Mm. Um, so I'm kind of excited to delve into that because I think that the people that get the best results in life in any area um, are those that are able to apply discipline. And I know that you you actually went through a stage yourself, didn't you, some years ago where you decided to get in kind of the best shape of your life and and run and basically get your body fat percentage down. Mm. And that, can you can you talk a little bit about that first? Because yeah. obviously you were very successful in business at the time, but you hadn't got your health on point at that point. Sure. So, well, everything starts for anyone with a decision about the future, right? What I call future perfect thinking, that setting a goal or a dream or an intention or an you know, something that you want different. And typically I put these into one of four boxes, which I call health, wealth, love, and lifestyle, right? What I call the four big gets of life, you know, as a, you're a coach, so you'll know that typically you will attract people that are in that health box because that's where you primarily play. But I'm, you know, sort of sit in the box of sort of a, a life coach, but also um, an executive coach for some of these, you know, corporate guys. Um, and so I never quite know why someone's coming to me and it could be health. It could be, you know, I just want to get myself fit and healthy, or it could be wealth, you know, to do with their career. I want to a different type of career now than I've got, or I actually want some money so that I can choose the life of my dreams, all that kind of stuff. Or it could be love. Um, you know, I want to find that perfect person. Or I want to get into a relationship or I just want the relationship I'm in to be much better than it currently is. Or it could be what I call lifestyle, which is Colin, just help me get a life. You know, <laughs> I just want a life now. Uh, that's all I want. You know, I'm so consumed by my work. I'm so consumed in that world that I just want to get a life. So I call them the four big gets, health, wealth, love and lifestyle. Right? So I set four goals. Um, I have goals in each of those areas. That's why I love balance. It's a nice, it's a, you know, you're not, because mm. if you're the richest person in hospital, that's not success, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got, yeah. Got and the, the same, actually. I, I set goals in all those areas. I'm exactly yeah. the same. But it's good to do that. It just makes sure that um, you're not neglecting one area whilst pushing too hard in another area or the richest, loneliest person, you know, got wealth, but everyone hates me. Um, mm. So so I set a goal to get myself down to initially 15% body fat, but then I set it to get down to 12% body fat. And I say um, I was over fat because you'll know you can be overweight, but still very healthy, but you can't be over fat and be healthy, um, you know, too much fat and you're going to be in trouble. So that was me. And I'd, you know, done this, I'd yo-yoed, I'd yo-yoed with my weight, you know, your t- typical weight goes on, you know, get it off, gradually creeps back on and get it off and gradually and you know i'm close to 60 now and it just seems to go on so much faster <laughs> Do you, know what I mean? it's you always... don't look like it goes on faster colin can no, i just no, no, say no. Yes. anyone who's listening on audio and not watching colin's in incredible shape <laughs> yeah i am now but i wasn't Do you know what i mean i wasn't mm. um and i was finding that um that guy was just going on so quick and 
And that's were you like, putting it off? I'm just curious because a lot of people, mm. a bit like me, right, reaching burnout, and then that makes the decision to change. A lot of people with their health actually don't do anything and until it's reached a point where it's like, oh, hello, I need to look at this now. Yeah. Or did you just kind of feel like, well, I'm fed up actually of not being my ideal body composition, my ideal level of fitness? What then prompted that change? It was that I'm fed up. Um, okay. But I knew enough that, so there's different, you know, we must have a reason why to do something, right? What's mm. your reason why? What I call why power. Why power tr trumps willpower. Why power will keep us going on the journey when you connect with that why. But there's different levels of why power. And so the first level is what I called sort of um, it's like it's like sugar. Um, it gives us a degree of sort of energy, but then it, it drops off pretty quickly. And these are like need wise. Um, so like I'm hungry, I need to eat. Once you've eaten, what happens? You, you're full up. You're full so up, that yeah. need goes away. Another classic would be, you know, I need to get, I need to get in shape for my wedding. And then of course someone gets in shape for their wedding. As soon as the wedding passes, what happens? Mm, yeah, they go back. Right. It's a because, bit like a holiday, isn't it? Most people regain the weight yeah, on holiday. Absolutely. You know, I've got to look good on the beach. You know, I don't want Greenpeace coming up beside me and spraying me down with water and saying, we're getting back in the water, you know, in a minute, you know, we've got this beached whale. So I, I, I understood that and that was fine. Um, and it comes to the point where it's right. I know I'm getting older now and I've, I've, I've got to tackle this once and for all. And at the time I was reading an awful lot about social sciences, um, habits, um, rituals, um, neuroscience was newly emerging. It was starting to come through then a lot of papers being released. And I was starting to understand um, something I had never considered before. And that's where I left your audience with the last podcast. I was telling the story about the drunk and the policeman under yeah. the street lamp right, or street light. Um, and the street light, it's called the street light effect. You can actually go on to put it into Google and put streetlight effect and you'll find out a little about it. It's basically an observational bias. We tend to look where we can see mm -hmm. and we don't look where we can't see. So here's problem number one for most people that are trying to create some kind of behavioral change. So for me, getting myself in shape and not going through this yo-yo. The biggest problem, and I call this it's in my book, Bullseye, which I'm writing at the moment, um, is what I call um, we get stuck in the it must be me paradigm as so. in other people can achieve it so it must just be me or i so in your example i just look at a cookie and i put on weight or well I, it, I it must somehow. be me meaning all right let me show you something let me um okay let me maybe demonstrate it so um just read what you can see what does that say read ABC. It abc right very straightforward isn't it yeah now see that the b if yeah. I present the B to you like that, now what? 12, 13, 14. Right, but it's the same B. Mm, it is. And I did look at the B thinking you hadn't joined it properly. Yeah. Right. But, there's, <laughs> but you're, but you're but yeah. not going to say A13C, No, that's true. Right. So context, right? Perception, our perception is context sensitive. So if I shift the context, mm. you shift perception it becomes the 13 right yeah, so our perception is context specific now the biggest challenge that we face here in the western world is we so obsess about ourselves we're obsessed mm -hmm. about ourselves and a lot of the 
and I'm, you know, in the most respectful way here, because there's a lot of people I follow that I really respect. It's just a lot of the literature says it must be you, Angela. You need to look at your limiting beliefs. You know, it's mm -hmm. your mindset. You know, it's 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 some it's a character flaw. You obviously don't want it enough. You're just not disciplined, are you? That's why you're struggling, mm -hmm. Colin. You're just not disciplined. You know. Now, no one was saying that to me. I was saying it to myself. You know, flipping out. Why can't I just nail this? You know, why do I keep doing this yo-yo? It must be me. It must be me. You know. Now I'm called the mindset guy. I do know quite a bit about mindset stuff, and I don't know it all. But I know quite a bit. And so I was doing all the stuff that, you know, that I was recommending at the time. And the point is that we don't take the context into consideration. We've been conditioned to not look at the context. And that is a truth is we're never outside of a context. Our brain is always in some kind of context. And so when you start looking at the context, i.e. you start looking from under the street lamp into that darkness, you start to see things that you're currently not seeing. And when you start understanding the part that context plays in the decisions that we make, you can start to use context as part of your change strategy as well. So, so, to, so for people to really understand this in your scenario, mm. at, the, at this point when you, you're, you're slightly frustrated because mm. you've been not, I mean, not yo-yoing, you were never going from obese to skinny, were you? But you were going on this sort of up and down cycle. Correct. Yeah. Um, and your initial thought is this must somehow be me. Why is it that I'm, I'm not able to maintain what yeah. I want to maintain consistently yeah. When you start to then look outside that, what did you see? How did you approach that? Okay, so, so it must be me. We get stuck in this this trap, uh, and it's a bit like being under the, the 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 lamp. You know, we only look at ourselves, and so it's either a character flaw that we've got, it's a limiting belief that we've got, and I think sometimes the only limiting belief is the belief we've got limiting beliefs. You know. Yes, it <laughs> right? is. Sometimes I have to rack my brains. We can, can we come back to limiting beliefs in a yeah. moment because yeah. this gets banded around a lot, and I'm it like, does. I'm not sure what my limiting belief is meant I to know, be. I know, I know, and that's the thing, right? It's like, shit, I must have a limiting belief. Yeah. I must have a limiting. What, 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 what could my Colin? I don't know what my limiting belief is, right? Um, help me find my limiting belief. I must have one though, right? That's why I'm struggling. And and look, beliefs do play a big part, no question, right? But it plays a part, but we tend to be obsessed about it. So mm -hmm. we don't look outside of ourselves. Now, if we now just look at what context we're in, right? At the moment, you're in a, you're in a physical room. Mm -hmm. That's part of your context. And you're speaking with me. That's mm -hmm. part of your context. So if we broaden then and say, well, what is context? Well, context is really the environment we're in at the time that we're making decisions. And that environment is either physical and not social because there's no one in the room with us, or it's physical and social, i.e. someone is in the room with us. Mm -hmm. And we don't realize how big environment, the role that it plays in shaping the decisions we make. We're blind to it. So let me give you a few examples, right? A few examples. Let's do social first. Okay, mm -hmm. social. So let's say that um, we go back before COVID and we go out for a bite to eat, right? You and I. And we're talking about this up and coming podcast that we're going to do together. Okay. And 
we get we get to the main course we have the main course and then waiter comes over and says um dessert menu and i go oh, yeah 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 thanks and you go oh, no, i'm not having dessert mm-hmm. like, what i'm not having a dessert no ah oh, okay now i might change my decision about having yeah, a dessert based now, on me not having one based on likely. you not having one right a lot of people will at that point yeah now what if there's you and four others and four um, you and three others so there's four of you you all go no i'm not having a, i'm not having a, i'm not having one i'm not having one i'm not having one what's the chances of me having one now well it's just diminished yeah. yeah so is it because i'm disciplined or is it because i've just been influenced by peer pressure i think you've been influenced right and we want to feel part of the tribe right but you can't yeah. see that can you as in what at the time you yourself almost can't see why you're saying no. I think you know that. I think because you'd be feeling like I really want this dessert, but yeah, I'm absolutely. not the only but you, one. But, but you can't see peer pressure. No, you can't you see can't peer pressure. You can't see it. Sure, right? Sure. It's out there in the darkness. Yes. Now what yes. if okay, let's do this, right? Because there's two types of people that we have, what I call accomplices and allies. So I decide that I'm gonna now take good care of myself you know i'm going to watch what i eat and you know i have a very good starter and then i have a really good well balanced you know good good macros and i'm I'm not gonna have a dessert right and then four or five people go i'm having a dessert oh come on colin for christ's sake we're celebrating come on just have a have a bite of mine then and i've got four people Mm. what might just happen oh all right go on then go on then i'll have her what happened there well, this now, way round is actually really unpleasant because you're now going out of a lot. So before peer pressure was was making you better. Mm. Now it's actually limiting you. Correct. Yes. Right. See, so in, now, okay, go on. Because so I've got a view on why people do discipline. We'll come to that in a minute. Right then, now, yeah. so we'll come to that. So now, okay, um, you can see how if I include the context of who I'm with at this moment in time how that is influencing me now all of a sudden is it me or is it that i'm basically with what i call accomplices and accomplices are people that help me do the behavior i no longer want to do i want to stop smoking but smoke mm. i'm spending time with smokers i want to stop drinking but i'm spending time with drinkers i i want to stop eating foods that are good for me but i'm spending time so let's say i put someone that wants to lose weight and let's say that they quite like donuts i put them in a donut shop and i say yeah, the right, chances go. of resisting are very very high hard, very hard very hard because like why it. because they're around people that are buying donuts they're around people that are going oh this chocolate one is delicious you tried the chocolate one yet you haven't you've got to try the chocolate one it's amazing and all they can <laughs> see is donuts now mm-hmm. now if they if they cut you know no matter how disciplined they are, there's going to come a point, maybe 99 times they said no, but on the other time they said yes, then you forget the 99, you still said yes. Mm-hmm. Now, what if I take them out of that environment and I put them in an environment which I call is an environment that's based on the future you're trying to create for mm-hmm. yourself. So you want to get fit, you want to get healthy. So I put you in a shop or in a, um, you know, in a restaurant or whatever with people who are already in that space and place that they take good care of themselves, they look after themselves, they understand macros, they understand calories, you know, so that, that's the, and also we're in a place where there's no donuts, there's none of that stuff. What's the chances of me making the right decision? Well, it's just gone up. Now, is, that, is, is that discipline? 
No, you've changed. So that's interesting because you've changed your circle, right? So Jim Rohn is very on point there when he says you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And mm. we do see that definitely in the research. It shows that yes. if you are overweight or if you spend time with overweight people, you are now more likely to become overweight yourself. Correct. And by the way, it's not even the people that you spend time with. It's who they spend time with mm, and who as well. they spend yeah. time with. I mean, it's, it's very scary when you the look at it. domino effect. Absolutely. It's really, really scary. All right. So. But do you find, because this is where I'm here, so with that rules help, because rules help me tremendously. So if I have a rule, I no longer have to think about it. Does that make sense? Yes. So I'll give you an example. So like, um, and, th and this applies in a, in a health context. So. Uh, my husband and I have always enjoyed buying wine on from her and storing it and investing in it and going and visiting vineyards before we had the children. So it would be easy, a bit like someone's, because the donut one, I just, it wouldn't be a temptation in the first place. So it'd be easy to think, well, I should have a glass of wine. But because I have a rule that I do not drink wine unless it's a Friday or a Saturday, mm. it makes my life very easy because mm. I don't have to have the whole thought process which is actually quite tiring and emotionally draining to consider do I am I um, should I have a glass or shouldn't I do you know what I mean I don't even have to go through that thought process because it is well today's Tuesday for example mm. therefore I do not drink wine yes. yes and it makes it easy of course that and and I realize that's a discipline but I find that rules do genuinely create freedom yes but someone listening to that did you find that's a part of your process in achieving what you want is that you kind of have a set of rules and it's like because that way then if somebody said to me and the other thing that comes in is how much would it change the outcome as well so I've got a bigger why so if I was then sitting in that environment and everyone's like peer pressure let's let's have another bottle of wine let's have a bottle of wine now let's have another bottle of wine for me the pain of not being on form the next day would be so much greater than the enjoyment of sitting there drinking everyone listening is going to think that I'm very boring now <laughs> I sound extremely boring as I'm listening to myself out loud no one's ever going out with me again that's clear yeah, we're yeah. out of lockdown yeah, but you know come out for a drink we go no <laughs> exactly. she's only going out for a cup of tea yeah. um so it sounds very boring but do you know what I mean I would already have in my head that the pain of it is too great. Like I can't stand a hangover. So that must play a part because even though there's peer pressure, I understand what you're saying. Or with that food, for example, let's just have a dessert or something. I'd be like, but I just feel so rough now. I feel so bloated. I feel I would it'd be regretful of the decision. Mm. How does that factor in? Because I get it's quite hard to go outside your social circle, isn't it? Mm. And be the person that's leading differently. Yeah. But Unless, unless, unless you go and find allies, unless you begin to uh, associate and surround yourself with people that are part of your future, not part of your history. So a quick interruption just to let you know about a resource that I have created for my listeners. I often get asked, what books am I reading? What can I recommend? What supplements do I take to enhance longevity or hormonal health? How can you sleep better? And so what I've done is I've actually created a cherry picked list of my favorites over on Amazon. And you can go and check this out if you go to bit.ly forward slash Angela recommends and you'll be able to see the top supplements I take for enhancing my health and longevity, some of my favorite books, and a few other healthy hacks over there. So that's bit.ly forward slash Angela recommends, and you can go and check it out there.
you know. So no, right, mm. Angela. So a couple of things. You're right. Okay. Um, they're called if then. Oh, I have if then so what. All right, so that should I say if then so that. If I want a glass of wine, then I can only have one on Friday or Saturday, yeah. so that I'm able to stay fit, healthy, and there's so on. You've the got bit, there's the important bit, isn't it? So, so that, so right. that. Yeah, of course, you've got to have which a so most that. Most people don't um, no. don't follow with, so they can't stick to it because they haven't got the so that. Correct. Okay, so here's. Here's still the thing. There's still people that will be listening to this that would have done that and still not managed okay. the discipline of not having a glass of wine Tuesday or Thursday or whatever. Mm. And they'll know that and they'll know it and they'll know the next day they'll feel shit and they'll know the next day they'll feel bloated. But the subconscious mind or the basal ganglia, which is you know, the part that drives habits, isn't future focused, present focused. It's in the present. And so in this present, there's the donut. It's not going, oh, mm. but tomorrow I will feel crap if I have the donut. It goes, there's the donut. There's the glass of wine. So how do they Whereas, bring that intelligence into the moment? Because it's, it's stopping them achieving yeah, their goal. Right. So the prefrontal cortex, which is just behind the eyebrows, is, is really got to come into play. That's the part that deals with future. That's the part that's planning and strategy and um, future focused, right? So that ability to get that part, but even still, right, even still, it's still hard. It's still difficult to say no to something you've said yes to for so long. Mm. So what I'm suggesting is, yeah, create your rule. I have the same rule. My wife has the same rule. We have a little gin and tonic on a Friday, a little gin and tonic on a Saturday. But my rule is if I'm working tomorrow, I don't have a drink the night before. Okay. And seeing as I work more or less every day, uh, then I don't drink during the week. That's my rule, right? So that I take yes. care of myself. But I'm all for, I am for, um, you know, balance i do enjoy a glass or a gin and tonic and we do enjoy um i mean i'll show you what tour co cooked up this morning for breakfast you know we do enjoy oh, i think i saw this on you saw story. you saw the story yeah. right so um there you go that's yeah, what we pancakes. had this morning yeah so chocolate coconut pancakes um so we do enjoy but then because i do believe moderation is absolutely key the trouble is we get obsessed and we have too much of something we shouldn't but anyway so, so what had stopped you though because when you like i'm curious when you were going up and down in weight before you then achieved this fit composition which you've now managed to maintain mm. what was happening were you just at were you just like oh i fancy it you know walk in on the way to a meeting going to starbucks there's a muffin and a coffee you'd have it sometimes were you just constantly falling off the wagon or yeah. Yeah. You were just falling. So it was kind of those decisions. So yeah. what changed for you to then say, right now, I'm actually just going to get in ridiculously good shape. Right. I stopped trusting myself. You stopped trusting yourself. Correct. The strongest form of commitment isn't internal, it's external. Okay. All right. So, okay. What I did was I started by putting my house on a diet. The whole house. So there's nothing in the house that I can go and eat that's bad for me. Okay. So now what have I got to do if I'm got, let's say that my, my, my Achilles heel is, you know, I really like something mid afternoon that's really sweet and let's call it a muffin or a donut or something, right? Now that's you've got my to go Achilles out heel. And get it. Now I've got to go out and get it, haven't I? 
which is a bit of a pain in the ass. Mm-hmm. Now, our brain will always choose the path of least resistance. That's its normal default route. So what's the path of least resistance? Well, just go and have a bloody bit of apple. <laughs> Why? Because they're right there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The so donut, I've it. got to get in the car, I've got to drive, and I've got to go down, and I've got to get out of the car, and I've got to go and buy it, and then I've got to come back, right? So convenience, convenience. Um, how do I make the thing that I want to eat more convenient than the thing that I don't want to eat? Well, I put my house on a diet. So look, okay. I but know that doesn't work with exercise though, because there that's just, you've removed the temptation. So now right. you're going to choose something healthy, yes. but then to actually get fit, you've got to proactively go out for that run in the pouring rain or go into the gym. Correct. All right. So, um, so that's kind of like, but you understand what I'm saying is I'm setting up yeah, the context. Yes, I'm setting up set, the yeah. context so that the context is in my favor. Because if you came around my house and I said to you, you know, my goal is to be really fit and healthy and you open my cupboards and I've got, you know, everything in there that you know isn't good for me. What are you going to say to me? Yeah, it's very true. Hang on. Yeah, you, you, you said, like you're, this is out of alignment with what you want. Yeah. Right. So what we have to do is once we set a goal, we have to, yes, get clear on why we want it and set those rules up. I'm all for all of that and check out some of the beliefs. But we've got to go outside of ourselves and get the context right. You've got to get the environment right that looks like the future will be when you get there. Mm-hmm. You know, so who do you spend time with? Am I spending time with people that run? Am I spending time with people that exercise? Or am I spending time with people that sit on a, you know, on a couch and watch Netflix, uh, you know, one after another? And look, if that's your thing, that's great. But, but if I want to get fit, I've got to start associating with different people. I've got to be inspired by people that do go for a run in the rain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, so, mm-hmm. so, okay. So now. Which if- actually is easy to do for people now because you don't even need to go and find just, you know, just instead you don't even necessarily have to go and join a running club because mm-hmm. you can now just on social media, start following people who are really into health and you will become inspired because you'll Absolutely. be like, wow. But do you, um, I don't want to jump too much ahead. Did you need to uh, also visualize yourself? Because this is where the limiting belief comes in. Like, for example, if you've always struggled, I know that some people will feel like, oh, but I could never look like you, right? Whereas, so you have to be able to future pace yourself as well that you can look fit. All right, so yeah, we've gone right, you know, I'm presupposing here that someone has set a goal. And they already believe that they already, you know, that's what I, I'm not necessarily believe You don't necessarily have to believe in the moment. See, where do beliefs come from? Beliefs are evidence-based. Okay, Mm. so... So if you haven't achieved it yet, it's quite hard. it's quite hard, but but it's evidence-based. And so as you begin to do the thing that a fit and healthy person would do, you begin to reinforce this new person you're becoming. So self-signaling is what psychologists call it, self-signaling. That, that we signal to ourselves, I'm becoming the person that I want to become. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so every time I do something micro, tiny, I choose the apple over the cake. I do squats whilst my kettle's boiling, you know, versus just scroll on my phone mindlessly. Every time I do something, I'm proving to myself I am that person. 
I'm that person. And that's how you build belief. So it's not so much that you need to believe. It's a, I've got this future that I'm excited about. I really want it. Why do you want it? I've, you know, clear on your why. I know why I want it. Right. Then it's about getting into action. And this is the hard bit, getting into action, um, because often the environment that we're in triggers all of the be old behaviors that we now want to stop. We're around people. We've got, you know, I open my cupboard and there's the thing that I know I shouldn't eat. You know, so now what have I got to do? I've got to use willpower. I've got to use determination. I've got to use discipline. I've got to use all those things to go. No, no, I'm not having it. No, I'm not having it. And I might do that today and I might do that tomorrow, but then I'm a bit tired on Wednesday and in the afternoon, I go, shit week this week, I'm just going to have one. And then all of a sudden that one biscuit becomes half a packet, you know, and then I feel crap about myself. And then I've just proven I'm not this person. So, you know, I think that's the most important thing, isn't it? Is that you are become you recognize that you're now becoming the type of person yeah. that does this thing, right? Yes. That's so, so powerful. It is very um, powerful. And there's a lot of research that shows that when you begin to behave the way that the future self would behave, the person that you want to become, you begin to prove to yourself you are that person. So it comes down to the action. Now, the easiest way to get ourselves to act is not to rely on ourselves, mm -hmm. okay? The best way to do it is to set the context up that forces us to take the action. So running, okay? Now let's say I was to say to you, you're, you're a good buddy of mine, and I say, look, Angela, this week, I'm gonna commit to running three times a week and I'm just getting started. So, uh, you know, on, on Tuesday, I'm gonna, I'm gonna look to do a mile. On Wednesday, I'm going to see if I can get that to two miles. And then on Friday, I'm going to see if I can get that to three miles. That's my goal, right? So one to two to three. Now, I'm going to, I'm going to um, give you this 100 pounds here of my money, okay? And mm -hmm. if I don't achieve the one to two to three this week, I want you to give that 100 pounds away to a charity that, that I would never support. give it to. Right. Yeah, that you don't support. Yeah. I've sort now, of heard this. Yeah. I haven't done it myself, no. but I have heard this works. Now, yeah, absolutely, because why? Um, <laughs> there's pain associated now to me not doing what I say I'm going to do. So now pain is my ally. Pain gets me to do it. You know, I don't feel like doing it, but shit, I don't want to give that £100 to that charity that I do not believe in, right? fundamentally do not believe in. And I want, I want to say to you, I've done it, Angela. I've mm. done it, right? So... Um, well, it could be the other one I've heard is you could, you could give it to a political party you don't support. Anything like that. Anything yeah. that's painful, anything that, yeah. that will cost you, anything that does, you know, like, no, I, I don't want that to happen. And a hundred pounds might not be enough. So what if it was a thousand pounds? What if it was 10,000 pounds? Anything that's going to cause pain. Anything that's going to cause pain will often get us to take action or get us to move, move. Mm -hmm. And so now I'm not so reliant on the alarm going off and like, oh, I don't feel like it. I don't feel like it. 
I won't today. Because you're now, moving away like, from the pain. Absolutely. Now it's like, shit, Angela's got my money and she's a thousand pounds or whatever. And I do not want her to give that to a political party. I do not want her to give that to a charity. Or I do not want, you know. And did you use this mechanism yourself? Did you yes. did you put some money on the line to get yourself to do it? There's all different ways yeah, of, okay. of doing this. All right. What about the reward? Did you use reward? Right. Then? Yes. And there's also reward as well. So you've got, you know, negative consequences and rewards. Um, so stakes is what I call the tool that I have for bullseye is called stake. So we know what stake have you got? What skin have you got in the game here? The more skin you've got in the game, the more chance that you will take action. And, you know, we, 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 there's so many things that are back to front from a self-help point of view, like, you know, when you commit, then you'll invest and actually no invest, then you commit, you know, mm -hmm. you invest in some way you pay, like if I pay you, you know, you're my coach, right? I pay you. I'm going to, mm -hmm. I'm going to make sure that I invest because I'm paying you. <laughs> you know what yes. I mean? All right. Which is, which is why free never works. Free never because works. Because you no. won't, it doesn't work because they haven't invested in it. No. So, no. so, 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 so said again that, right. And then, so you've got um, stakes uh, and you've also got streaks as I call it as well, which is how you reward yourself for getting a streak. You know, you did it, did it on Monday. You did it on mm -hmm. Wednesday. You did it on Friday, little reward. Now, as long as that little reward isn't contra to your goal. So I go and eat the biggest banana boat of ice cream that I could possibly find. Do you know what I mean? That's my reward. Do you know what I mean? But I reward myself in some way. So got to reward you know, the reward, got, that dopamine is very important, but there will be some little, I could do a little reward on Monday for the run. I could do a little reward on Wednesday for the run. I could do a little reward, you know, just something little at the end of it that says, well done, well done. Um, but now you, you see, I'm not, it's not down to me. The strongest form of commitment is not external. It's internal. So it's not internal. It's external. Now what I'm doing is I'm shaping the environment. I've got some form of accountability. You I've invested um, and there's a stake. I've, I've got some stakes in the game here. Do you know what I mean, I could lose some money. Um, and so all of a sudden it makes a big difference. Let me just share a quick story with you. It's in my book, but I'm, uh, I'd sat around a table with a lot of people that I'd spent the day with um, coaching. And so these are all very senior people, you know, in these big FTSE companies. And I happened to sit next to this lady who had been on the program that day. And during dinner um, and everyone was talking, she confided with me that, um, she was really struggling to achieve a new year's resolution that she'd set for herself. I said, what's that? She said, well, I, you know, I just want to get home to see my girls at least one night during the week. Cause, um, you know, the commute home is quite long, which means I've got to leave the office no later than sort of five, five thirty, Right. And if I do that, um, you know, I get to see them and I said, great, how are you doing? Head went down, energy changed. Oh, not, not very good. Um, I've only done it twice so far. And this was like, I think, you know, end of February or something like that. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. so, so I said, so why is that? And she goes, oh, you know, and this is it. It must be me trapped. Well, oh, you know, obviously I don't want it enough. I feel so guilty. I feel so guilty as a mum that, you know, of course they matter to me, but I, you know, I just can't seem to, I get, I get hooked into what's going on in the office. And before I know it, it's six and then half six. And then I'm not, you know, so it must be me trap. She's under the street lamp. She can only see herself. Yeah. Okay? She yeah, can't see yeah, anyone yeah. else, right? So so anyway, I ended up becoming her exec coach. And, um, and I said, okay, we're going to pick this one up. Okay, this is one of those things that we're going to pick up. So 
I said to her, okay, great. Tell me a little bit about your girls. So two girls quite, you know, quite, I think they were like 11, 12, something like that. And I said, tell me about what do they love? And they love music and all the things that, you know, I said, great. I want you to find out if there's a sort of some sort of concert or party in the park coming up that your girls would love to go to because they've got, they've got you know, artists coming along there. And so she went and found it. Yes, there is. There's this party in the park um, or whatever. I said, great. I want you to go and buy four tickets, you, your husband and your, t- and your girls, right? And you're going to put them on the fridge up there and you're going to tell them that you're going to take them to this concert or this party. And they're going to see all their stuff, right? And then underneath it, you're going to put um, like a little chart and it's going to be week one, week two, week three, week four, week five, week six, week seven. I think it was like eight weeks or something before this was going to happen. Okay. And, um, and you're going to put each week, you've got to get home. You've got to leave the office at five each week, right? One night, just one night. Right? So you're going to decide when that is, and that's going to be your tick. And if you do that, you get to take your girls there. If you don't, you've got to burn the tickets in front of them. Oh, my God. <laughs> right? If you don't do it, you have to burn those tickets. You've got to disappoint them. Wow, you're going to make damn sure you're going to... Uh, right. Now, yeah. now, is it a discipline thing? Probably not. <laughs> you know what I mean? Now, now it's some, there's another stake in the game now. Now, as a mum, you don't want to disappoint your children. Okay. Now, not only that, you see, the girls got behind her. They're texting her, saying, "Mum, mum, please come home. Make sure you come home one night this week." Right now, she's got support. Now she's got, you know, her girls behind her. Obviously, she uh, we got the PA involved, and we and the, we made sure that the PA was clear on what night this week is that line. All right, is it Monday, Tuesday? It looks like Wednesday would be a good night for you this week. Let's draw that line at five. There's nothing going in the diary after five. Right. Um, so now we've got the PA involved. We stuck some things up, you know, in her office to remind her in her workstation, the why behind why she was doing this as well. So there's the internal, there's the external. And did she achieve it? Of course she achieved it. The only thing is, though, can I ask you a question? Because obviously this is an executive who is more in control of her time because she's effectively the boss. Whereas if I think back, like, for example, when I was like further down as a lawyer, you know, before you make partner, you basically, you're at the beck and call of the people in the organization. Mm. So how would that apply for somebody who maybe was trying their hardest to make this change? Because I could see that they're, the pain of, of losing out or being in trouble with their boss could then potentially trump this what they really want to inherently do. And that is probably, and the reason it struck a chord with me is it's one of the biggest reasons that I left corporate, right? Is it was not in alignment with me spending time with my family. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. if it's something that's important to you, then it's important to you. <laughs> you know, do you want to be, do you want to make a boss happy or do you mm. want to make your family happy? Mm. Who's more important? Who, when you take your last breath, are you going to feel most regretful about not putting first? It's always going to be your family. Correct. And so um, it starts there at least. And then you have to have a conversation um, with the powers to be. And if they kind of go, no, well, you've got another choice to make. Mm. Is that the right job? Is that the right job? But I think I'm heavily connected to the corporate world. I can't think of one example where leaving an office one night at 5.30 would 
you know, one night a week would be a bit of an issue. I mean, do you know what I mean? It's it's not. Yeah, it's not I think only in much. like only in places like corporate law firms where the clients <laughs> like we're getting this deal done tonight and it there's may, no may, choice. Yeah, maybe, <laughs> it happens maybe occasionally, but yeah. yeah, 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 but not always. You're right. Not always. All but right. I like that because you're right. Now all of a sudden there's an extraneous kind of motivation, isn't there? You're something so bad is going to happen. Yes. If you don't deliver on this goal. Correct. Um, and every time she does it. Every time she achieves it, that's your reward, right? Every time she does it, she's beginning to become the person that she wants to become. She's proving to herself mm. that she can do this, that it's capable of doing this. And her self-esteem increases as a result. Of course. So the strongest form of commitment isn't internal, it's external. We've set up the context to make the decision easier, not harder. So there's more chance. And that's all I did with my losing weight. I shifted and I put as much focus on the external. Marshall Goldsmith, who's a top executive coach for a lot of the execs in the US, has written a number of books. Triggers is one of them. And in that book, he says, um, if you don't create and control your environment, your environment will create and control you. Yeah. Now think about it. If you don't create and control your environment, create and control, that means be mindful of Mm-hmm. social and the physical then the social and the physical will create you yes you. i like that actually the creating control because I, i've heard it in a different context via dr john Martini, who talks about he wrote the values factor mm. and if you don't live according to your values you will end up living according to someone else's values and that does happen very quickly and that but it does initially, well, think, think, about, think about obesity right and we know obesity is doing this Mm. right the stats are there but if you asked anyone do you value your health what are they going to say yeah absolutely Mm. so the the external environment is very very influential and it can cause us to override that that we are intrinsically know is important it can cause us to override it um james clear in his book you know tell me how it talks about the invisible hand that shapes the decisions we don't Mm. see it we don't see these how the triggers in our physical environment we don't see how the social aspect is causing us to make certain decisions what will other people think how do i make sure you know conformity um, we're all very much driven to conform because going back to cave caveman days if the tribe rejected you you died yeah, you yeah, died, you right? Rejected. So we want you don't want to be rejected. So you will, will, we will do things to stay in that tribe. Think about why. Do, you know, I ask smokers. You know, can you remember the first time you had a cigarette? And everyone goes, "Yeah, what was it like?" Well, I puked my guts up. It was horrible. And you kind of go, <laughs> well, why, "Why would you continue?" Do you know what I mean? Because surely you'd go, "That's disgusting. I'm not doing that." Why would you continue? Why would you continue to to have another drag when you've clearly, you know, it's going. That's disgusting. Peer pressure. Correct. That's how yeah. powerful it is. Right. And but you, it's, it's, it's never truer, is it, than when you see it with children? Like I've mm-hmm. noticed this with parenting. You realize pretty quickly that your children do not do what you tell them to do, but they do do what you do. So it's <laughs> yes. it, they and they do. And, yes. and but it can be in a positive way. Right. So like because, because I've been spending the last three weeks my sharing my office with my youngest, Yasmina, who's being homeschooled. She's talking about Charlotte's Web and writing an essay and in it 
she manages to weave sleep deprivation in, right? Which is her kind of unconscious mind picking up all of these things. You know, I'm really into exercise. My 13-year-old, I find him now. He hasn't got a commute. He's in the gym at home Mm. at seven in the morning before registration. And I think you have that responsibility as a parent, but actually you can nag them to do stuff. But if you don't and you do it, you model it, they will copy it, right? Because as you say, you've created the environment now, haven't you? Yes, yeah, you've created the environment and you are a role model at the end of the day. So we're all role models. I think, um, bloody hell, if being a parent, mother or father was a paid job, um, it would be the highest. It's the toughest job anyone can get. It's the toughest gig by far. You know, I will listen to you because you're my coach. Yeah. Whereas you're just a mum to your to your girls, right? And I'd say just a mum. Yeah. I don't mean that to yeah, be. That's yeah. not. Do you know what I mean? But so I'll listen to you, and I go, "That's that's brilliant." You'll give the same advice. I go, oh, "Shut up, mum." Yeah, exactly. It's because you're just it's a mum. I mean, to true. my boys, I'm just a knob, right? You know, I'm a knob with knob haircut, wear knob clothes, listen to knob music. <laughs> that's just a knob. He's just a knob. Now, I'm exaggerating, but you 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 know what I mean. It's um, yeah, it is interesting, but true. also research shows that actually they're less they're far more influenced by the tribe in which they're spending time mm, with. And that's why I think as a parent, you start to pay attention to how their behaviors begin to change. And you're thinking, hang on, who are they spending time with? Mm, you know what yeah, I mean? Because, because if they get in the wrong tribe and that takes them down a route that you do not want them to go down a darker route, a dangerous route, a route that, you know, oof, you do something about it. But often as adults, we don't think about who am I spending time with? Well, they got me thinking. What have they got me feeling? What have they got me doing? Where have they got me going? We don't often actually think about that social bubble that I'm in. Um, and all I'm saying is that's okay. And if you want to achieve some sort of goal, like you want to be an entrepreneur, you've got to start spending time with entrepreneurs, not with people that are in paid jobs. You've got to get with entrepreneurs. You've got to surround yourself. If you want to get fit and healthy, you've got to start surrounding yourself with people that think the same way. That social bubble is hugely influential. It will cause you to make decisions. Hugely, massively influential. Um, And so, you know, you're either with accomplices or you're with allies. And what have you found? I'm curious in your experience, because obviously you've coached so many people. Um, I want to come on to sort of the high level people you coach in a moment to compare Mm -hmm. the differences. But just to finish on your example here, you've created the right environment. You're controlling it because food is not coming into the house that isn't healthy. In your example of this other lady, she's going, she wants, she's created the pain. You created the pain for yourself. So she wants to get home from work so that she can see, go to that concert with her children. That isn't like a lot of the habit formation stuff that we look at. And like UCL's research says it's a minimum of 66 days. What have you found is the point at which you no longer need that external pain to deliver because now I bet you don't have to create pain to stay in good shape because no. it's just become the person that you are. Yes. What have you found, Colin? I'm curious. Like how long do people have to actively try until they have become that person or is it different for everyone? Well, you just summed it up beautifully. Become the person. Once you become the person, which means you now have the identity locked in place everything takes care of itself you know behavior comes from identity now behavior changes identity so when you you know if i don't have the identity at the moment if i start doing the behaviors of the future self i want to become then i become that identity but once the identity is locked in you're pretty good because you are that person now that's who i am now 
Yes. Yeah, now, the thing does. about the 66 days is that's average. Sometimes it takes a lot longer and sometimes it's, it's much quicker. And I think we also have to make sure we're not confusing rituals with habits because they are quite different. Some things are rituals. They're not habits and some things are habits. They're not rituals. Um, and so you, you, it's difficult to sort of say, well, it's going to be this amount of time because it's so different depending on the context and what someone's goal is um, as to, well, do they need to, you know, have those stakes? I call them stakes, right? Stakes and streaks, stakes and streaks, which are stake is pain, streak is reward. And often both are essential, but depending on the context, you might need more pain than reward. You know, to get yourself in, like, like, like we created a lot of pain for her that was going to get her really mobilized and really get her taking it seriously and really making sure she doesn't disappoint those girls. Mm -hmm. But by the time we had got to that eight weeks, I think it was something like that. That was it. That was enough. You know what I mean? That she proved enough, to herself yeah. that she could do it. She had the structure around us, the system around her to make sure that, that that was the case. The girls expected it from her now. Yes. You know, and she knew that, you know, this is called the Pygmalion effect, right? How we rise and fall to other people's expectations of us. Now the girls expected something different. Also her husband did as well, by the way. So the expectation now can be enough to go, well, I'm, I'm just, I'm going to do this. But but also who she saw herself as was, was the case. So it's hard to, there's no 66 days as, as you rightly say, has been what's been found. Um, but it can be shorter. It can be longer. The main thing is that you understand how to keep yourself doing the thing that you know you need to do. If you do it long enough, it will become who you are. And once it becomes who you are, you're pretty good from then on in. Um, and now, and also you get the reward as well, don't you? Because I found, like for example, that people that I work with that go through my my program, it's like ninety days initially, and then yeah. they have some ongoing coaching. I found I found two things uh, in working with clients is that the coaching element is absolutely key. Like you can have a lot of online courses that have no coaching, and I think the coaching is so important because you need the opportunity to ask questions and to personalize it for yourself. Yeah. But then as you get past that sort of three months, what I found is people. People are like, well, where can I go now? Like, this is quite addictive. I'm feeling better. Then there's always another level. And I think yes. people don't necessarily see that at the beginning because it isn't just then when you get in really good shape, like you have, it's like, well, now how can I really optimize my sleep? Or how can I really get my HRV? But like, how can I feel better and better and better? Yeah. And effectively, you're then basically younger next year. Effectively, that's what you're doing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yes. Well, changing that's it. your biology and your yes. chemistry. So it's like you set you set the next goal, you set the next goal, you want a distinction out of, as you know, you working with me, um, we've looked at a number of things. And one of those things was optimizing sleep. Mm. You know, so the primary focus is getting the sleep really dialed in and making sure that, you know, the sleep's there um, and then then optimizing for something else. So but that's what happens once you get going, you know. So we're sort of talking about how how does someone get themselves moving so they're even moving in that direction, they're progressing and that they're not doing the yo-yoing, um, you know, which is which I call all or nothing, the all or nothing. That's what I was doing, all, nothing, all, nothing, all or nothing. And all the all or nothing gets us is basically not all, but nothing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, yeah. It's what it does. Um, yeah, it's so, micro steps, isn't it? Absolutely. So making sure that you're just doing those few things regularly 
that is moving you in that direction. And all I'm suggesting is that don't rely solely on your ability to willpower your way out of the old behavior or the old ritual or the old routine. Set the environment up that supports you in making an easier choice. So another one of the tools in Bullseye is called the hassle factor. So we've talked about, you know, you make the new behavior easy and you turn up the dial for the hassle factor for the behavior you don't want to do. Example being fruit on the table, easy there, thing I don't want, I've got to jump in the car and drive and get it. Or even if I just take it and put it in the garage up on the top shelf, or I put it in the loft, you know, or yeah, I know that I, I, you, you know, I keep, I keep going on this and I'm hooked into it. I can't do it. Well then, you know, turn off all the notifications or delete every app. And then you have to read, you know, every time you have to download the app, put your name in and put your email address in and put your password in, you know, that alone makes you more mindful, more mm -hmm. mindful. I don't know if you've seen on a, on a phone, um, you know, a good example of how the environment often isn't set up to help us. Like, you know, you'll know that um, hitting the snooze button's not good. Okay. Every time we hit the snooze button, it's like we shock ourselves again yeah. um, and it's not good for us. Right. But how many people do hit the snooze button? So you kind of go, well, I don't want to hit the snooze button anymore. But if you have a look at an iPhone and you have a look at when the alarm goes off, you'll find there's a massive big orange snooze mm -hmm. and a tiny little gray barely seen off. Yeah. There is. So, so, so true. It's, it's basically set up to make the old behavior easy, the behavior you no longer want to do, and the new behavior difficult. Mm. So don't use your phone now then as an alarm. Make sure you have an alarm that doesn't have... Or put it over or, the other side of the room. Or put it over the other side of the room so it gets you out of the bed, you know. Um, it, and that, so, you know, that's setting your environment up once again. It's making sure that your environment is set up to make what you want to do. Hassle factor. Hard on the behavior easy on the behavior you don't want to do and easy on the behavior you want to do so getting that hassle factor can make a big difference that's Huge just these difference small, small yeah. tweaks in your environment tiny little tweaks in your environment there's been lots of you know like if like i always have water just here there's more chance i'll drink it with it just there you'll notice as i'm talking i'm drinking now if that's not there and it's downstairs i, I would have been having all this chat with you and not had a drink but because it's easy You'll have it. You'll have it, you see. And what about, um, I guess the other question is, because there's some people, and obviously it being high performance health, there's people who actually are highly motivated in doing all these things. There's the other person, type of person here who is in danger actually of burnout because they're that typical type A personality who always, is, they're a huge overachiever. And I'm sure you see this mm. a lot in your executive coaching. It's something I see with clients where you almost need to help condition them the other way that we yeah. need to recover because mm. they're ready to take on the world. They're exercising extensively. They're intermittent fasting. They're eating super healthily. But what they're neglecting actually is their recovery. Yeah. Um, and all the sleep, it, it's not just about sleep, is it? How do you, I'm curious how you approach that. Um, cause I, I obviously, as you know, look a lot of data and I think once they start to see metrics, they understand a bit more. Yeah. But heart often, rate variability is a heart rate variability is key. Really good, say. Really but often key. you don't see the people who are looking at that and tracking it can see it. And that's why I love it as a metric, mm. but often I'll see people where by the time they've come to me, it's because they actually feel terrible yeah. and they've gone to their doctor and their blood work doesn't show anything. Cause obviously the doctor's looking for disease. And really what they're saying is. 
I'm, you're not ready for it. I'm not ready for you yet. You're, right, you're not quite bad enough, but they feel terrible. And mm. when we look at functional lab testing, we can see actually their cortisol rhythm is off. You know, their sex hormones are low and you start to see things go in disarray. And if they left that for an ongoing basis, they'd end up in a bad place. Yeah. I'm just curious what you found is helpful to get those sorts of people get that balance right. Well, the best I can do is ask questions, right? I'm not an expert mm. like you are in this field. So um, then they might come and find someone like you that they can work with. And that might come from the coaching that I do. So basically it comes down to just, you know, asking some, some basic questions and making sure that that, that balance is, yeah. is there um, and that they're not constantly going into high performing and they're coming down into recovery, you know? So what are your recovery rituals would be one question I would ask. How would I know you're in recovery? What would I see you doing? You know, and if you get that blank look and that, uh, then, then, you know, you, there's a danger there that it's not, they're not mindful of mm. that. Um, how do you track your energy? Cause you know, you look on a phone, the metaphor I use is, you know, on a phone, we have a little tiny battery. I can tell you that this is three quarters full, mm. but we're, we're energy. We're a battery. We're energy. So how do you know when you've hit red? Yeah. You know, and do you wait until you've hit red? Yeah, exactly. How do that's the biggest right? thing. Or I do you know, um, don't get, to, you red know, don't get yeah. to red, right? So how, so, you know, using metaphor like that and getting them talking, I also have a little questionnaire that I get them to fill out as well, which looks at um, six sort of key energy sources. Like every one of these um, is like plugging your phone in. It's like plugging yourself into an energy source and each energy source is important. So like purpose and having a degree of purpose is an energy source. You know, it gives you energy. When you're doing something that it feels purposeful, you're filling yourself with, with energy. Um, so there's a number of different, so we'll do that questionnaire and, and that starts to spit out some really interesting, you get to see where they're nailing it and where they're not nailing it, where they're not taking good care of themselves in an area, for instance. Um, and then we'll look to address that, set some goals in that. Um, this is all in the you know, health, wealth, love and lifestyle. Mm. So it's in, that's all in that sort of like mind, body, spirit box, taking good care of themselves as such. But often it has an effect outside of that, like relationships it has an effect in, you know, in terms of their relationships as well. And sometimes they've got to refigure that because they, you know, they're around people like, you know, you've come from, you know, it's like to be a lawyer, you know, there's an expectation mm. as a lawyer that you're going to do the, do the hard yards that you're going to, you know, you'll be there late, you know, you'll get there early, you'll do all those things. So, you know, who, who's, who's, who's around you that thinks differently, who around you challenges you, who around you sort of goes, whoa, hang on a second. Cause if we don't have that. Then you've got accomplices. You don't have allies. Mm. Yeah. I find, I don't know if you find this as well, but I found sometimes giving yourself a label helps you to, um, helps you to bring it when you need to. And sometimes that, because as you say, if you're letting recovery go nine out of 10, you are neglecting your relationships. Mm. And I don't know whether it was, Brendan Bachard's book, High Performance Habits, where I got this from, but it's kind of like when you step away and you think, well, who, who am I now, right? So am I fully present? Like if you were to think, you know, I want to be, if you really want to bring it in a workout, then are you kind of, you know, fittest mom or whatever it is, then you're going to bring a much higher bar to it. But similarly, what would, you, if you ask yourself the question, like what would the world's best mum do in this situation? And I'm nowhere close to that. 
but I know that she would be present with her children when she wasn't working. Do you know yeah. what I mean? She wouldn't be on her phone and doing things. And I find sometimes like almost labeling how I want to be within those categories yeah. um, is helpful. I don't know if you found that to sort of bring that energy that I need to. Yeah. Um, um, to that it's a situation. smart question. It's a very smart question for sure to not ask what do I need to do here, but who do I need to be here? Mm. Um, and, you know, this is called like altered egos. So um, I, I basically created this altered ego of what I wanted to be, the person I wanted to be. Um, and I use pictures and stuff like that to give me a sense of um, who I wanted, who I wanted to be. And there's been some great research with children when, you know, like you ask, who's your superhero, Mal, little boy, little girl. And then you ask, well, what would that person do in this situation? Mm. You know, it's very powerful, extremely powerful. So taking on this altered ego and being clear on that and asking, well, okay, so, you know, if I was that person in this situation, what choice would I make? Would it be apple or donut? Yeah, can exactly. Help, can really yeah, help because you, you'll, be, you're becoming, you're becoming the person you want to become, which is the ultimate aim, really. You know, as Rowan said, um, you know, set a goal, become a millionaire, not for the million, but for who you will become. You lose yeah. the million, but you don't lose who you've become. Who you've become is far more valuable than, than anything else, the intrinsic over the extrinsic. So it's all about becoming more than we are, right? Realizing more potential that we have, whatever that means. Um, and that's what goals do, don't they? I mean, they ultimately, you set a goal and it means you've got to become someone you're not at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. In some way, shape or form, you know, it, it forces you to become someone you're at the moment. So now you have this future vision of yourself um, and then, okay, I've got to behave my way into that. Well, to do the behaviors, if I set the environment up right, it makes doing the behaviors easy to become that person. So yeah. the ultimate aim is not really the goal, although the goal is great. The ultimate aim is to become the person that can achieve that goal. That's yes. the ultimate. And sometimes it is the ultimate and it's the nicest feeling, right? Because also like you can lose those extrinsics, can't you? You know, yes. people, circumstances happen. You might lose the money. You might get the Absolutely. money back. You, you know, whereas you still become that person. I found that, um, I think it's Todd, is it Todd Herman who talks about using a prop? I yep. really like what he does with that. So he, when he puts on the glasses, yep. he is the coach. Yep. But then when he walks into the house and he sees his young kids, he removes his glasses yep. and now he's dad. And dad. it creates that very, distinct step change yes um yeah which i think I, I haven't personally used something where i put it on or off for that but mm. i think i might i might as i i guess i use doorway triggers when i walk out like when we finish this podcast and we go and have our sunday evening dinner yeah, yeah. then i need to think about like who am i now now yes. i'm you know mum, yeah. wife um yeah so before we close um because you shared so much uh, which has been tremendously helpful. I think one of the things that I've really, from spending time with you, Colin, that I really feel is it's not just mindset, but you are definitely a master of your own energy is, mm. is the biggest thing that speaks to me. Like you're very, um, I don't like the word positive, to be honest, <laughs> but I think that you have a very high energy and mental state. And I'm just kind of curious, because I think it would help people listening, mm. how you manage that do you are you quite do you manage the thoughts that you think presumably yes do you have rituals that you have in place when you wake up in the morning like what does your morning routine look like how do you because you probably you are one of the most I guess it is positive but I would say more high energy highly charged people mm. that I've come across on a consistent basis 
Well, thank you. That's very <laughs> kind. Uh, yes. So, well, it goes back to what you're saying, right? So uh, there's a number of factors that, are, that have to be in play to make that possible. So you can't give what you don't have. So you have to have it first. And that means taking good care of oneself. You know, as I'm getting into my later years now, I'm getting close to 60 here. You, you, you just have to make sure that you are, re, you are recharging. You are make, you know, make sure. So getting my sleep right, my mounting. So at the moment I'm doing the um, fake commute. I'm really committed to the fake commute, the mm, getting up. Tell me about that. Well, okay. So we all used to commute. Mm -hmm. I say we used we all used to commute. Um, if you were you know working in an organisation, you had to go from your house to the organisation, whatever that was, right? Before COVID, so let's say that that was thirty minutes. You used to do that every morning and you used to do it every evening. Now you know that there's many benefits of getting outside and light light hitting eyeballs. Okay, you, you know, yeah. you've taught me a lot about this as, as well as some, as some others, the importance of that and what that does in terms of setting circadian rhythms and so on and so forth. So a fake commute is basically a 20 minute commute to work. You leave your house, you walk around the block and you come back into your house and now you're at work. Now you're at work. And so there's so many great benefits I'm finding from just the discipline of doing that. Um, I, and I really enjoy it. You know, there's fresh air, there's getting outside. I let my mind wander. I don't listen to podcasts, you know, or anything like that, although I might do, but no, I'm not at the moment. I just enjoy that. And then when I come back in, now I'm at work, now it's work. And then when I finish my day and talk comes with me as well. So we have that walk and talk about the day. So we then do the, we in Chiswick here, we have what we call a half loop or a full loop. And so basically it's like a short version or a long version. So I typically at the moment I'm doing a um, full loop in the morning, 20 minutes, a short, short loop at lunchtime. So I'll eat and then I'll go and do a little short loop. Tor comes with me often. And then a long loop at the end of the day. And I'm just finding that uh, it does me the world of good for all mm. the reasons that you will be able to tell me. I'll tell you why that's working for you, Colin, you know, so, um, but I'm just finding it really. So I'm championing now the, the fake commute. I'm you know, like all my clients, oh, um, I've, I've, I've set up this 30 day fake commute challenge. Um, so I've got the, like, I've created the sheet where every, you know, we, we tick it off um, at least once a day, or if you can do twice a day, that's fantastic. Because there's so many benefits from doing it. So many good things happen as a result. And the thing is, we all used to do it. We yeah. all, you know, used to commute to get to work. Well, I say all, that's unfair. A lot of us used to commute. I used to commute to get to a client space to do the work that I did. So, so we used to do it, you know, and there's one CEO that I was working with. He goes, yeah, okay, but, um, you know, if it's raining tomorrow, like, oh, hang on, what do you mean if it's raining tomorrow? What would you have done pre-COVID if it was raining, we said, but I've had to have gone. Exactly. Exactly. Go Irrelevant, anyway. right? Yeah. Get an umbrella, do what you used to do, okay? And make that walk. Even if you do a 10-minute walk, it will still benefit you than not getting out the house first thing in the morning for all the reasons that you know. And I'm, I'm sure your listeners, because you would have spoken about the importance of light and circadian rhythms so i'm actually doing a fun one at the moment i like to set myself challenges and i'm not going to say that i will continue this into june just because as you know i'm a huge proponent of a good night's sleep so yeah. if it interferes with the amount of sleep i'm getting i will i'm fully prepared to pull it but if anyone listening wants to do it is my thing has been since the beginning of the year is I will go outside and step outside to watch the sunrise every day. Often that's a walk yep. and that is going to get earlier and earlier and earlier, of course. but 
I really enjoy it. And I just, I just like challenges. I'm the person that gets really bored. Yeah. <laughs> so it seemed like a good one. And right. it's beautiful. Obviously, there are cloudy days, a bit like your example there with the rain, right? You're mm-hmm. never, it's never a perfect sunrise. But I like to go and take my dogs on that sunrise walk. Yeah. And it feels pretty amazing when you come back. It's a little bit like your fake commute. Yeah, um, it is. Yeah, it is. And, I'm, and the yeah. time that I get out, that it's still, you know, it's just coming up. So timing it for that because I can. Yes. Um, it's great, but I won't be able to the whole time, as you say. But look, something is better than nothing always, isn't it? Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Even if you can't get the time right because of the day, getting outside is still will be beneficial, even if it's bloody pitch black. It will still be beneficial, yes, exactly. your fresh air, and you create this buffer, this transition from work back into home because that's the you know the biggest problem of, you know, I'm, ta- I'm talking about we now live at work is what we do now. Yeah, we do. We live at work. (laughs) Now, working from now, no, we live at work now. But you not only live at work now, you're transitioning from being a mum or a dad to being a husband or a wife to being um, an employee. You're making all these transitions that we never used to have to make. And that can be quite tiring. You know, you're on a Zoom call and then little one comes in, you're dealing with that, and then you're back on a Zoom call again. And you know, it's, it's, so it's tiring. It's, you know, so the, you see the, you see the battery going down. Yeah. And so yeah, come back to your question, it's making sure that how do I recharge? And I find the fake commute is just so simple. Um, it's meditation whilst walking, you know, so I can just reflect. And do you, do you separately meditate or? Yes, I do. Yeah. Oh, you yeah, do? I, I do. So is that a part of your daily routine? Yeah. Three M's. So movement, meditation and mind food. So, you know, making and sure. And what type I, of meditation do you do? Well, I have my guided visualizations that I use. So yeah. um, in my mind power toolkit that you will have seen, um, Alpha Calm being a really, really good one. That's a great one. So it's, it's, it's isochronic tones which hemisyncs the brain puts you in a state of alpha without even thinking about it so it's you'll use your own one because colin by the way has a five day um med- visualization meditation and meditation challenge, challenge yeah. don't you yes i do yeah so everyone's going through it at the moment it's so a great feedback at the moment um so yeah or just breathing it's very simple just 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 controlling breathing just you know making sure that like six out six in very simple or box breathing that they do in the navy seals four four mm. four 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 yeah but anything like that just, just, just do you have a specific quiet. routine like do you wake up and follow this in an order or what does yeah. your morning look like yeah yeah i do yeah okay. so movement first because that kind of wakes me up gets me you know gets the adrenaline as you know um wakes us up and then um meditation and then mind food okay. so so then when i start the day it's it's kind mind of mind like food being what reading or read watch or, or listen to something inspirational inspirational okay so it has to be inspirational yeah no news i don't yeah no news no news do not do not and no emails no news no emails those three things have to be done before i go anywhere near any of that stuff so is this like 20 minutes each or how long do these practices might only be uh well the walks at the moment is 20 minutes for to do my chiswick full loops about 20 minutes um so anyway it might be only meditation might only 10 you know depending depending on yeah um and then I know that podcast could be a 20 minute podcast or it could be a longer one, but then I'll break it down typically. So I'll watch it. I'm watching one at the moment that's two hours. So I'm not going to watch two hours in one go. It's too long. So I'll break it down, um, make some notes or read something. Um, and then, and as you know, I intermittent fast, so I'm not eating. So I'll just have my coffee. I really enjoy a nice coffee. And that's when then I can watch or listen or read something whilst I'm really enjoying that. And then I'm ready to start the day. Then it's like, okay, now now we're in the right space and place 
And so all of those set me up fundamentally. And I know it's a, I said a lot, isn't it? You know, you win the morning, you win the day. You know, if you can get mm-hmm. the morning dialed in, you tend to get the day dialed in. And that's not 100% true, especially when, especially when we're, when we're homeschooling and everything. I'm not, but you are and you know, you know that we've got different factors at play here. But doing everything we can to make sure that I have the energy for both my clients and tour. You know, I just, one of the questions I ask my clients is, does your family get the best of you or just the rest of you? Mm, that's a great question. Well, I actually, interestingly, because obviously I am doing the homeschooling and everything else, but I still, I found that I've doubled down on my morning routine more than ever. I think the mm. biggest challenge for me is this sleep equation, just because mm. um, there's only so many hours and obviously that no one was prepared for suddenly having the children around constantly. And no. I think for parents listening, the other biggest drain is just them asking questions all the time, just yeah. randomly about stuff. You're, you know, normally you'd have a break in your day. But I've really, really, I think my morning routine is actually my saving grace because if I'm up before the children and I have time to do those things and like the habit loop, the reward for me is getting out of bed is that I enjoy it so much. Mm. And I do the same things that you do, mm. movement, meditation, often in front of my red light or in the sauna. And then um, I will always read or listen to something um, and, and the only other one I add in is a, a cold rinse in the shower, just because I find it just, I don't know. I like it. You're badass. You're badass. That's what that is. Just a badass. Right? I just You're like badass. it. Yeah. It just, it means that I've done something really hard. Like <laughs> turning the shower that way is so hard yeah. that I feel like I've already scored. Do you know what I mean? Yes. I've already got a result at the very beginning. So yes, that's there's, the a, reason. there's a lot in that. Get a quick win as, you know, a quick win gets exactly. you, gets dopamine in your system and the reward in your system and it sort of get things gets things moving so i'd say in summary of today um, when it comes to setting and achieving goals you've got to get the inside right no question tick but you've also got to get the outside right so sometimes when you think the problem is you it must be me you're stuck in that trap it's because you're not extending the context outside of yourself and thinking about that And as I say, Marshall Goldsmith, if you're not creating and controlling your environment, your environment will create and control you. You've got to bring it into the game. Um, And if you do, you make it much, much easier to become the person that you want to become, which is the ultimate aim. Mm, Absolutely. I love that. Um, I will link to everything that we've spoken about today um, in the show notes for this podcast, including your five day challenge. So people can check that out as well. Fantastic. Um, Thank you. And yeah, thanks again, Colin. I really enjoyed that. I think we, uh, I think we probably need to talk at some point about limiting beliefs because I think people definitely struggle there, though. So <laughs> yes. that could be another episode. It could be another episode. We could do another one on on LBs, limiting beliefs. On LBs, exactly. LBs. Um, and when is the book planned for release? Because um, so I think first draft be excited. Done. Yeah, yeah, first draft done, so good. And I'm just going through it now and sort of cutting the fat out, so to speak, because there's a lot, there's too much. So that's the process that I'm in, and I'm going to spend the month of February doing that. And then the, the goal is at the end of February, then, you know, draft number two is ready then to be put in front of individuals that are far better at me at grammar and spelling and making sure that it flows quite nicely. So that's the next stage. And then May... I'd love to book out by May. That's the goal. Amazing. How exciting. Oh, we look forward to that. Um, If you need an advanced reader, I've got my hand up. (laughs) 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 Um, Anyway, thanks again. That was really fun today. And I'm pretty sure people will learn, have learned a lot as I know I have and always do with you, Colin. Thank you. 
Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. As always, the show notes are over on my website, AngelaFosterPerformance.com forward slash podcast. Um, I also link to Colin's website, which is ColinHiles.com. So you can access all of his wonderful resources as well. Both Colin and I are always active on social media. So you can find us both on Instagram. I'm at Angela S. Foster. I'm always connecting with people over there and in my DMs. So send me a DM if you give me a follow and we can say hi. And also Colin is on Instagram at Colin Hiles, the mindset guy as well. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Um, if you have enjoyed the episode, please do head over to iTunes or whichever platform you're listening on and leave us a positive review. It just really helps to get the podcast out to a wider audience. Thanks again for listening and I look forward to another jam-packed episode next week. Thanks for listening. Remember to review and subscribe. You can grab the show notes, the resources and highlights of everything Angela mentioned over at AngelaFosterPerformance.com. You can also snatch up plenty of other goodies, including the highly helpful Angela Recommends page, which is a list of everything she personally recommends to optimize your mind, body, and lifestyle.